Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. <laughs> What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Friday edition of the show. We are kicking off a series that will carry us. Until next Friday, we are going to go one by one through the 2018 first-round rookie quarterbacks and talk about what they showed us, what we thought they would be, what we uh, need to see from them moving forward, what those teams can do to maximize those skill sets. So really excited to dig in to some in-depth conversation uh, with Kyle for you on these quarterbacks. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. I feel like I've been returned to my full form with you on this podcast with me. It, It hurt very much to listen to you talk to somebody who was not me on the draft dudes. I'm sorry, but Brad brought it. If you de- if you guys missed the Thursday show, yeah, he did a great show, job. Yeah, we yeah. we we covered a lot of ground with the wide receiver class, and Brad Kelly is just tremendous when it comes to wide receivers. And so uh, that was one. You know, I think can't miss is kind of overused a lot of times, but like seriously, don't miss that discussion. It was really good. Uh, yeah. So Joe, why don't you set the table a little bit on this series? This is a great idea by you. Yeah. and uh, just kind of get everybody prepped for what we have over the course of the next week. Yeah, so we had the rare occurrence of five first-round quarterbacks that went in the 2018 NFL draft, and they all played a significant amount of football this year. And so we, we thought it would be a good exercise to take one show per quarterback. So we're going to get to Josh Allen and Josh Rosen and Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson and Sam, Sam Darnold. Today is Josh Rosen's today day. And we're going to talk about what we thought of them as prospects entering the league, what they showed us this year and what's next for them. How can their respective teams build around them and, and maximize the skill sets that they have? Uh, and so there's a lot to dig into and, and, um, I'm really excited to get into it because we had some strong takes going into the draft, obviously, and, and we've learned a lot. We've seen a lot, and uh, it's it's a lot to get into, and it's, it's really cool that we're going to dedicate one show per quarterback. Yeah, especially with a historic class, right? Mm-hmm. Um, five first-round quarterbacks, most since 99 which uh, we saw like Keely Smith went first overall and Donovan was in that top five. Cade Yeah. Weird group. Right. I think we'll see a little more success uh, from, from this. Should we give a shout out to Chris, Joe? Uh, Sure. I don't know why, but I I'm for shout outs. Chris's uh, tweet from April 7th. No, 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 no. We can deal with that on Lamar day. Maybe. No, we'll do that on takes on takes. Takes on takes. We're still going to yeah. give you takes on takes. We've takes. got a great freezing cold take from early April regarding one of the first round quarterbacks for you. And it's not from me, well-known Josh Allen hater. So uh, we'll, we'll let that ride. Joe, I, I told the listeners as we are doing this on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the draft network live on Thursday night, uh, that we would take just a handful of questions before we started the Rosen discussion uh, we agreed in the pre-show this would be a good I- idea to, to let some some folks get their questions out there. 
Uh, Nick Price wanted to know about Porter Gustin. What's his ceiling giving his injury injury history? Uh, for me, Joe's pointing at me, so I'm going to take this one. I did Porter Gustin's full film assessment when I watched him or when the news came out that he was hurt. Porter, to me, is very stiff, and that's very concerning. I've got a lot of issues with his ability to turn the corner, with his ability to play with any kind of lateral agility or quickness. To me, he's a straight power player, and I'm not sure how well uh, you can transition a guy who doesn't necessarily have great length. Uh, He is certainly a phenomenal build uh, his diet's well documented and what he does to stay in great shape. But I think he's almost got too much muscle on his frame. Looks like he really struggles and labors to move in any direction other than forward and with power elements. So I'm not particularly high on Port Augustine at all. Um, Joe, we did have a question about a head coaching candidate, but I think that would be better served for once we start, right? I didn't see it. So, Okay. Well, it was a question about a potential head coach. I think it'd be better served to once we get into how we can help Josh Rosen to tackle that at that point. Uh, I'm getting some love for my Baker Mayfield Christmas gift. I got a Baker Mayfield jersey, which I'm totally stoked about. I don't, I'm actually wearing it under this. I haven't taken it off. Are you really? No, I have nothing on under this. I wasn't surprised, but well, that's fun. Um, uh, right. last, last one, last one. Okay. Uh, okay. Brian Burns or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Oh, yeah. I think he's, I, I, he might be more explosive. He might be more explosive and he's bigger. Yeah. He's not as polished with his hands. He has he's... no idea what he's doing as a pass rusher relative to Brian Burns. All right. We're gonna have to agree to disagree, I guess. Yeah. Well, We'll save that debate for another day. But yeah, I think- and we're, we're getting some good debate on what the Cardinals should do, so this should be fun. All right, let's get into Josh Rosen, Kyle. Yeah, um, let's go. So, Josh Rosen, my QB1, entering last year's draft. Look at you. I can't stand that I can see you right now, giving me these looks, sipping on redemption whiskey. Yeah, it's uh, great. It's bourbon. but so- <laughs> I had a first-round grade on him. He was my number seven player in the class. Uh, my summary on him says this. Rosen's mechanics, accuracy, ability to throw with anticipation, and read coverages makes him a fit for either a Coriel or West Coast offense. Having played an NFL-style offense in college, Rosen's acclimation to the NFL should be swift, and he projects as a starter in year one. By year three, Rosen has the upside to be an NFL team's franchise quarterback and face of the organization. Rosen doesn't offer much outside of the structure of the offense, but is outstanding when it comes to making throws and winning from the pocket, which is a must for NFL quarterbacks. So I was very high on Rosen, thought he was very pro-ready, really excited about his ability uh, to win from the pocket, but also was uh, was note. I also noted that he he doesn't give you much outside of structure, so he's not he's not a great athlete. So uh, definitely thought he was worth uh, the pick that Arizona took him at, and uh, I'll, I'll be anxious to for you to kind of talk about where you saw. Rosen entering the league before we talk about what we saw this year. Sure. Uh, Rosen was my second rated quarterback, uh, my eighth overall player though. So we, we had him right there kind of pegged in the same general area of the big board and the, the back half of the top 10 relative to all positions and maybe not necessarily accounting for uh, positional value to the degree of, you know, if you need a quarterback and you're picking early, we both would have advocated for taking Josh Rosen early. 
my optimal scheme fit and role for Josh Rosen, uh, UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen is an excellent pro prospect and should be regarded as a potential franchise player. Rosen's aggressive mentality to push the ball, mechanics, pocket presence, and arm talent make him an excellent fit for a vertical passing offense. So a Coyrell offense is, is where I would prefer him specifically with how aggressive he is down the field in the NFL. Uh, should be a first-year starter. My comparison for him was Matt Ryan. Same. And uh, my best trait for Josh Rosen was his arm talent. That includes arm strength, velocity, placement skills, uh, specific accuracy, not just general accuracy. Mm -hmm. And my worst trait for Josh Rosen was risky decisions, you know, willing to, to put a little too much trust in his arm. And then for red flags, I did have noted medicals for him. He had a shoulder thro throwing shoulder injury in 2016 and a concussion in 2017 that cut his season early. Now, Kyle, I remember you and I had a – obviously, we've been podcasting for – this is what, episode 300-something of, yeah, of like Draft 330, Dudes. 330. We did a couple like – on like well over 100 Lockdown NFL Draft podcasts. So you and I yeah. are very familiar with each other's takes. And one thing we talked about with Rosen at various points in the process last year uh, was was his belief that he can make any throw, that yeah. he can fit the football anywhere. And, and you you didn't say that he was Dan Marino, but you said that there was some some parallels, some parallels. to Dan Marino and yeah. that he really believed that he can sling it and zip it anywhere. And, and so we like that about Rosen, right? Because I think that's such a good thing. You see some of these quarterbacks that are very cautious. You just don't have that with Rosen now. At the same time, a little bit of a problem. You saw that he he threw 14 interceptions this year. He started 12 games. He'll start his 13th game on Sunday. Uh, but uh, he did have a willingness to sling it, and he kind of had to, right? Like right. I think so much of this discussion moving forward, I think it's important, really, and it's really important to start this discussion with where we thought he would be, what he is. What you know, what what he brings to the table, but so much now I think is going to flip to, damn it, his supporting cast sucked. I mean, sucked. Do you mean to tell me that a offense around him with skilled players that includes uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who's how old now? Uh, Chad Williams, J.J. Nelson, Trent Sherfield, uh, Farrow Cooper was just picked up on waivers like last week. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones is your starting tight end, and uh, that that's not a good group of pass catchers for a rookie quarterback that doesn't have mobility within the pocket to extend plays to the degree that the other guys would. Is that what you're telling me? It's it's a big problem, and one thing I've said a few times over the last couple of weeks is that Josh Rosen's a pocket passer with no pocket. I mean this yeah. this yeah. offensive line is the worst in football. And uh, if I'm if I recall correctly, an exchange on Twitter between John Ledger and Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus, John asked Mike if Arizona's offensive line was the worst that it, they've ever graded, and they're they're very close to to literally being. Uh, I th I think he said they were a few pressures away from having oh. the most pressures they've ever tracked with like three games to spare. So, yeah, it's not just not a good. bad offensive line; it's one of the worst offensive lines we've seen in 10, 15 years. And right. look, I mean, and Josh Rosen, the guy who doesn't really offer that escapability, that's a guy that's going to be that surgeon from the pocket. He doesn't have anything to work with. He is under pressure. PFF has him under pressure 
on 171 of 413 dropbacks. That's almost half. That's almost half. That's not great. That is not how you would like to see those numbers play out. No, so his first, and think about this. It's not like everything's going to be perfect all the time in the NFL. Right. But for your first 413 passing attempts in the NFL to come under those circumstances is a disservice to Rosen. A true disservice. Yeah, and I don't I don't think you look at the numbers, right? Like Rosen's completed 55% of his passes, uh 14 interceptions as you said in, in 12 starts, 13 total games. Uh he's been sacked 39 times. Uh his Net yards per pass attempt is 4.6. It's These are, are brutal numbers across the board. But how are you going to hold it against him? Because you look at every other quarterback that was drafted in the first round. Mayfield was a wizard in the pocket with his ability to move and snap and reset his feet and that lightning fast release. Uh, Josh Allen, we've seen his mobility play out in a lot of games this year and his, his willingness to hold the ball and then flush late and, and force a missed First challenge, Lamar Jackson, you know, for some of the the struggles that are perceived as far as what he's able to do in the passing game, his mobility's one of been one of the best weapons that Baltimore has introduced to their offense this year. And then Sam Darnold, you know, he, obviously he was banged up at one point, but he's thrown on the run and he's making a lot of big plays happen by getting outside the pocket. Rosen was never going to be that kind of guy. Right. So if you've got him under the gun. He was the one guy that couldn't afford to go to a situation where he was constantly going to get pounded nonstop, and yet here we are, and that's exactly what happened with Josh. And, and it was the same problem that played Carson Palmer the last few years in Arizona. Yes. And, and they bring in Sam Bradford as their bridge guy who's made a glass, right? Like, I mean, I just don't know if Steve Kime has done a good enough job of understanding the skill set of his quarterback and prioritizing that offensive line, Kyle. I, I think that there has been a, ma- a major disservice. I'm not concerned about Josh Rosen's ability to be a great NFL quarterback. I am concerned that he does have a lot. Now he now he has to like you, can't, you get worried about He's him. He's got being things ruined. to overcome now. Yeah, yeah. Now he has things that will overcome because the infrastructure wasn't right. Not everybody. Not every quarterback's going to be able to come in and and elevate an entire lackluster supporting cast worth of worth of players right away. And it's almost like you got to give the, the kid a pass for this year. Obviously there's some concerns about Steve Wilkes as the leader there, right? Potentially one and done, maybe cleaning house Steve Kime on the way out. And now you, now you have, he's, he's Mike McCoy was gone after a few weeks. I mean, there's just the infrastructure and everything around Josh Rosen right now, by far, the worst of any of these rookie quarterbacks. I agree. So, I mean, you look at, let's look at, you've talked a, a good deal about the coaching staff now and what Steve Kime has done or not. There. Uh, I'm going to look over his depth on offense and talk about pieces moving forward that should be considered as cornerstones to work with for Josh Rosen. So I think the best place to start is probably the injured reserve. <laughs> because you got three starting offensive linemen on the injured reserve right now. Uh, DJ Humphreys, uh, former high pick out of the University of Florida, has been up and down. Uh, I, I know the expectation for him was that he was going to turn the corner because he had started to show flashes. Um, 
But now here he is on injured reserve again. Durability seems to be an issue for DJ Humphreys, and you're getting ready to to talk about an extension for a former first-round pick if you want to keep his services. So I don't know if Humphreys is a player that they should necessarily be looking to retain. Uh, Mike Iupati is on injured reserve. And a free uh, just, agent. And a free agent. Justin Pugh is on injured reserve. A.Q. Shipley is not a long-term piece. Mm-mm. So... I think Mason Cole's probably the only guy that you look at and say, we hope this is a long-term piece on our offensive line, being a third-round pick from this past year and the starting center on this team. I like Mason Cole round three, round four, but you knew functional strength was going to be a problem for Mason Cole. And Michigan did him a disservice by playing him at left tackle his last year at Michigan. So he's had his ups and downs this year as well. But if you look at the offensive line, you might have one long-term piece on your offensive line right now. Yeah, and if and if we're counting that as Mason Cole, he struggled a ton, but I think we both like his upside, and, and obviously the yeah. scenario there is not great. I will say this. If there was a bright spot on that offensive line this year, and I think he's a free agent. Let me confirm that. Yes, he's a free agent, so I'm not sure what you're going to do. He's 28 years old. Odea Bushi. I thought he had some flashes this season as maybe being a competent starter. He's 28 and a free agent, so I don't know you know what if he – I don't think he has much of a ceiling, but I think he's probably enjoyed some of the best – uh, reps of his career this season, but was yeah, like in, you said, was he in Seattle last year? He's bounced around quite a bit. Um, but uh, let me see if I can see. No, I don't. I don't have that information right in front. Yeah, of me. yeah. He played last um, year in Seattle, and the two years prior to that, he was in Houston. Houston. Oh, well, a couple yeah. teams that have needed offense. Yeah, well, so. Here he is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, realistically, we're talking about offensive line specifically. Four new starters. Uh, I, uh, I, body's a free agent. I mean, I think Humphreys is back next year under contract. Yeah, he's but, under contract next year. But can you bank on Humphreys? I think he's well, missed he's, games in three straight seasons now. He he has he has. And then from a weapons perspective, right? Like Christian maybe you, Kirk. Christian Kirk looks pretty good. He you know, he finished. He's hurt, right? So he's, yeah, he's on IR. On IR. Well. Yeah. But there was something brewing there with him and him and Rosen, which is good. Fitzgerald's thirty-five and a free agent. I mean, you keep him as long as he wants to play, right. but I, I mean, he, there's no way he should be starting on the boundary anymore, which is hard because you got a guy in Christian Kirk who's probably best served in the slot. So now you get a big slot and a small slot. Uh, is Chad Williams your long-term Z guy that's going to be running vertical routes for you? I mean, I don't know how you can feel super good about that right now. I mean, no. he's, He's been his production. He's got player. 15 catches in two seasons, Kyle. Up, upgradable player, no question in my mind. I don't think you count on him for anything. So now the interesting thing here is right, like, like I'm not sure how much this gets fixed in free agency. The best receivers in free agency are Tyrell Williams, John Brown. I mean, Golden Tate. I don't think that's really a player that would be conducive here. Devin Funches. I don't think you want to give him big money. So I don't get overly excited about the receiving options in free agency. There's some offensive linemen, Mitch Morse, Mike, uh, uh, Matt Paradis, Juwan James, Trent Brown. You know, there's some guys that I think can come in and 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 fill offensive line spots. But you have, you know, it's interesting about all of these teams: the Jets, Bills, Cardinals. All three of those teams are really kind of going to be fighting over the same players, right? In, in this rising free agency, and so, which situation do you want to go to if you're a free agent? You know, it's going to be really interesting to see. Arizona's picking number one, right? Like they're good. They're 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 not going to beat the Bears, or they play the the Rams. Is it the Rams they play? They play the I Rams. They play is the Rams, Rams on, or Seahawks. It's the Rams. 
they play the Rams in a game that the Rams need to win to be the two seed, right? So right. they're losing. They're having the number one pick. And so now it's like, okay, Nick Bose is the best player in the draft. Hell, we got to build around our quarterback. Not sure Jonah Williams is a number one overall type of guy. You know, could you – is this an opportunity for a team to move up and get Haskins if he declares? Do you do you, do you trade back? I kind of think they should think about it. I know that you're thinking Bosa no matter what, right, because he's the best player in the draft. Yes. But yes. if you can trade back and get a bunch of picks – this team has so many friggin' holes, man. And they've got a quarterback that needs that supporting cast. And we need a long-term vision here, like, and I just don't see it right now. I don't. I can't justify passing on an elite football player. Man, I hear you on that. I are, really are can't. you real? Are you really going to trade back and compromise Nick Bosa for potentially Nikhil Harry and Michael Dieter? I mean, you you you, you threw out those options. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't. I mean, Nikhil Harry in the teens, Michael Dieter in the mid second round. If you get a one and the two to trade back, oh, if you're trading, no, like a future sec, a future first round pick as well. But I'm saying your immediate returns yeah. for Nick Bosa is going to be two players of that general caliber. You got to see how free agency goes, right? Like that's going to be key. What can you get done in free agency? What's your what's your what's your solution in terms of general manager and head coach? And right? here's where it gets interesting because name the three teams again that you were talking about competing for the offensive line talent. Well, I mean, Jets, Bills, Cardinals, actually Texans deserve to be in that list, and they have a ton okay. of cap space. And here's Jets, the point. Bills, and Texans have a ton of money. Jets have $106 million in cap. Yep. Bills have $88 million in cap. Cardinals have $69 million in cap, and the Texans have $68.5 million in cap. It's going to get weird, man. It's going to be crazy numbers. Yep. If you have, a, like, Juwan James, for example— Miami Dolphins starting right tackle. Yeah, he's going to get nine or ten a year. Yeah, he's going to he's going to get more than that. Wow. Yeah, he's, I mean he's going to get twelve million a year. Yeah, at least. <laughs> Trent Brown's probably going to get between eight and ten million dollars a year. I think he might. I more than that, maybe. You know, and, and Trent Brown's he's kind of got an inflated uh, reputation. I don't think he's as particularly I don't think he's the caliber football player as what he played to be for half a year in San Francisco. But no, you can and, win, and, but, I think you can it, win with him. And and is that the kind of player that you want to give ten plus million dollars to? Or are you gonna look back in three years once you improve the situation in your roster and say, Wow, this contract's an albatross? They normally are, Kyle, in free agency. They normally are. Right. So that's the challenge. I think Arizona's best bet is to get the elite football players with these early picks that they have. They could be picking one in 33. You mean to tell me you can't get a starting caliber wide receiver at 33? You can. And I, yeah, this class. Yeah, you, you can. Absolutely can. I mean, you might be able to get Kelvin Harmon there. You might be right. JJ Arcega Whiteside. Right. Right. I mean, Riley Ridley. Right. I mean, so, I mean, the, the combine is going to be big for sorting out these receivers. Because uh, I think the testing is going to matter a ton, separating some of these bigger guys. Uh, but Arizona's oh, the point being that Arizona is going to have chances. Obviously, in free agency, they're going to have to bid high. They have a lot of flexibility to me with that number one pick to land Nick Bosa, get the surefire best player in the draft, move back a little bit, maybe get an offensive lineman and a wide receiver. But the infrastructure needs to be improved bigly. 
Uh, we had feedback from Braden, AJ Brown at 33, possibly. I'd like yeah. your reaction to that. Because really, though, no, no, I, possibly, yeah, certainly a possibility. Not yeah, but for me. is is that the kind of player that you no. Like no. with his skill set versus the skill set of the other players that you have on the Cardinals roster. No, and that's no. why that's why I wanted to bring this point to the yeah, conversation you, because this you know is something I, you said. Yeah, you know where I graded AJ Brown. Yeah, third round. I remember I sent you a DM. I said, "Hey man, is am I crazy here? I'm getting AJ Brown in the third round." I like AJ Brown. Brad and I talked about him yesterday. He he's a big slot. He's a guy that runs good routes. He has good hands. He can work the middle of the field. He's actually really good after the catch. But he's not a guy that you're going to funnel your passing offense through. He's not an X. Right. He's not. He's, he's not. He's a he's big Jarvis. Spot. He's Jarvis Landry with an extra 30 pounds on him. Yeah. Yeah. He might not have those types of hands and ball skills, though. But, but as yeah. far as the, the lack of explosiveness, the refined sure. route running that he has, he has reliable hands. Yeah. He's tough in the middle of the field. As Jarvis Landry, he's, he's just bigger than Jarvis Landry by a notable margin. And but that matters. Yeah, that matters. And I, I'm not, if I'm Arizona and I'm looking at Josh Rosen's strength, I want dynamic guys down. I want a guy that can separate vertically. I want a guy that can, can get separation 20 plus yards down the field. Yeah. I want a guy that can stack corners on the outside and get off press coverage. And I don't think Brown's that type of receiver. No, no, but that's something we have to fight because people have been told for six oh, months that A.J. Brown's the best yeah, receiver in the class. Year. Well, we're the only ones that have been watching tape for the last six months. All right. Was, whoa, whoa. Joe, I'm the one a, that's drinking that here. That was Come a on, Kyle comment. I don't know what just happened right there. All right. So, yeah, this is a good feedback from FaZe Rose. Rosen also likes throwing to the tight ends a lot. How about reuniting him with Caleb Wilson, Caleb Wilson in the middle rounds on the draft? We've not heard great things about Caleb Wilson. No, we haven't. But if you're going to talk to me in round four. Sure. I would rather have Caleb Wilson knowing the chemistry that he had with Josh Rosen than like Jermaine Gresham at this point. Yeah, for sure. And, and there's a lot of good tight ends in this class. But I mean, we need to see who comes out. Right. That's going to dictate things a lot. But yeah, I, I think a tight end, I mean, Ricky Seals Jones. Just give me somebody that can run the Y shake. Rosen ran the <laughs> Rosen through the love throwing the Y shake. That whole Texas AM comeback, that legendary comeback win. Mm -hmm. He, mm -hmm. threw, he threw a Y shake probably 15 times in the second half. And it just, he just threaded it between linebackers and over the top of heads. There's not a whole lot of exciting things here. I'm looking at the free agent tight ends, Tyler Croft, Richard Rogers, Logan Thomas, mm. uh, Lance Kendricks, Jared Cook, he's 32. I'm not sure. He, I mean, Jared Cook's probably going to get big money, too, after having a career year in Oakland this year. Yeah, someone, someone's going to pay for him. Yeah. yeah. Levine Toilolo, he's actually done some there good go. things for the yeah. Lions this year. Yeah. But I mean, I know, he's... Right? didn't he have like 96 receiving yards a couple weeks ago? And we were like, yo, Levine, yeah. <laughs> 100 yard week. All right. So, with us kind of taking inventory on what free agency looks like, give me your elevator pitch 30 seconds right now. How are you attacking free agency if you are brought in to replace Steve Kahn? Man, I, I, I hate what over positions. Are you targeting? I'm obviously wide receiver and offensive line, but here's the thing is I, I am going to be careful not to overpay for marginal players and understand that there's a long-term vision here. And, and unfortunately you're, you're kind of things need to be expedited because you're already a year into the Rosen era and you've already friggin' given him nothing to work with. 
And I do think that this needs to be accelerated and that there does need to be some aggression in what they do to surround him. Uh, but yeah, going after guys that you believe in, talk, talking to your pro scouting staff, seeing if there's some sleepers, seeing if there's some guys that you know you can get some returns on that people aren't necessarily targeting, and, and, and try to start filling up this thing with worthy starters around Josh Rosen because right now there's not a lot. Right. So I'm going to read through some names because my plan of attack is I want to attack the offensive line in free agency as much as possible, but I'm not going after the household names. I can't. I, I can't justify spending... $12 million on Trent Brown, right? So if I'm looking at the offensive line, I'm looking at guys like Cameron Fleming from Dallas, has positional flexibility, guy that's been experienced playing tackle and guard to some degree. Uh, I'm looking at guys like uh, Quentin Spain, Donovan Smith, who may benefit in the long run with a kick inside the offensive guard. I'm looking at guys, DJ Fluker's had a career resurgence in Seattle. He's up for for a contract renewal this year as a power player. There's opportunities, depending on what direction you want to go with your personnel, to get guys in the second tier of the offensive line that are upgrades by two tiers over what you have on your roster right now, especially after all the injuries. Another one, and this is uh, Braden shouted this out in the comments here on Twitch, uh, that a name that flashed for me too, Mitch Morris from Kansas yeah. City as a potential yeah. interior offensive lineman. I think... Offensive line, people think about the five, right? Going tackle to tackle. You're never, very rarely are you going to get five good offensive linemen up front for your roster. You just can't have two guys that are bad playing next to each other. So I think the first plan of attack for Rosen, especially with his limitations in mobility, is fortify the inside. Get career tackles that might be a little too heavy-footed to play outside and they're struggling. You kick them inside to guard. I think that's my plan of attack if I'm looking at building and free agency and then I'm looking at skill players with the draft specifically. Ty Nesky, I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he, yep. He's he's filled in well uh, at times for the Redskins. Uh, he's still so one he's of the a, best backup offensive tackles in the league. So they, you're going to have to find a couple of those and develop them and, and, and hopefully, hopefully they can come in and, and help. You know, There's going to be players that are released inevitably that may be able to help, uh, but – Hitting on draft picks, man. That's, that's what this thing's going to come down to. And Rosen will get better, right? Like, this is, this is his first game action. But, uh, man, I, I hate to I hate to talk about putting so much emphasis on how bad his supporting cast is. It's just unavoidable in the situation. All right. So, do me a favor as we get ready to sign off. We talked about potential for a wide receiver at 33. Yep. Who is your dream fit? Regardless of what, like, let's forget yeah. about coaching because co the, like the coaching staff, that's a whole different conversation as far as what they could do there. If you take your personal assessment of Josh Rosen's strengths and weaknesses as a football player from before the draft, what we've seen this year, and you have the opportunity to have one player at 33, who is? Realistically, Riley Ridley really pops from Georgia. Yeah. Ball skills. And I've got a player in Josh Rosen that is willing to test man coverage and willing to kind of put it into spots where he has leverage. And I love the body control ball skills and hands of Riley Ridley. He's got good length. He's he's a guy that can win above the rim. And uh, I just think he would be the kind of guy that you can say, hey, we want to target him 10, 15 times a game, and him and Rosen can get something brewing. You have Kirk from the slot, and I think we're starting to build something here with our, with our pass catchers. Yeah. Um, for me, I know I, I think Blake had mentioned in the comments, but if Hollywood Brown's there, 
Mm-hmm. That's one that makes a lot of sense to me as a Z. You know, we we talked. Do you want Chad Williams to be your Z long term? No. Chad Chad had great long long speed, but yeah. Chad was coming out of Grambling, and Chad was very raw coming out of Grambling as a third round pick. I think Hollywood Brown is much more refined as far as his routes and his stems and the intent that he illustrates in those areas. If you wanted to go with a bigger player and go for an X, you know, Calvin Harmon's a name that we had discussed and oh, mentioned. Yeah, I'm totally fine with. We're getting some comments here in the in the comments about Harmon. Yeah, like. I'm good with that too. Like I yeah. love Harmon. Yeah. I think you might be have a little bit more explosive ability with Ridley, but we'll, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I was a little disappointed with Harmon's lack of burst and explosiveness. I was hoping for a little bit more. I think he left me wanting a little bit there. I think he's a little more of a possession receiver than I had initially anticipated. And uh, my last question that I'm going to in the comments uh, comes from Jace. Uh, I believe he's referring to Hollywood Brown. Is he too similar to Kirk? I would say Debo Samuel's more of a Christian Kirk mold than a Hollywood Brown. I think Hollywood Brown on the outside is is much more dynamic as a vertical receiver and his ability to to hold safeties and create spacing for everybody. So uh, we hope everybody enjoyed getting together on Twitch TV. If you are watching this on Thursday night, if you're listening later, if you're listening on Friday or whenever, uh, we'd like to thank you. As we said, we debuted in the top 100 on the iTunes Sports Podcast, one of the things we asked for for Christmas was five-star reviews so we could get there. And we're there. So thank you very, very much. Uh, all of you who listen to the Draft Dudes Podcast, we set a listener record on uh, Thursday as well. Thanks to Joe and Brad when I wasn't there. So Trying to get you out of the way, right? Listen, great things happen when I'm not on the show. We had uh, Jared Davis came That's on as true. an interview with Roger Dixon a little while back, and now he's going to come on and set the record for most listens on a Draft Dudes podcast in the first 24 hours. So keep up the great work, guys. I guess I'll just <laughs> check in once a week for Takes on Takes and let you guys steer us the rest of the way. <laughs> I'm Kyle Krabs at Grinding the Tape with Joe Marino at the Joe Marino on Twitter. Thanks, as always, for tuning into the Draft Dudes podcast, and we'll catch up with you guys again on Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.